Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 25 of season four. My name is Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And my name is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at SideActionPod on Twitter. So, Action, uh, obviously we had the big Super Bowl weekend. Um, you were out skiing. Uh, you were. It looks like you did some gambling, too. Tell me about, tell about it. I got on the Colorado apps. We were, as the listeners know, we were in Avon last week doing some skiing at Vail and Beaver Creek. And I uh, landed and remembered that Colorado also has legalized gambling. So I fired up my apps. And it's really interesting because DraftKings, I noticed when I travel in other states that have DraftKings, I can just log right in and use the same account, same balance hmm. and everything. But literally... Oh, really? All the other operators have like it separated state by state. So I still have an account. Actually, no, I take that back. I have to create a new account for like Caesars and FanDuel and PointsBet and all of those and actually deposit a separate balance. So it's like all the other operators have separate accounts, but DraftKings hmm. is federal. I don't really know how that works, but I thought it was interesting. Are you on FanDuel as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But FanDuel doesn't let you do that either? I did notice, actually, that I think FanDuel does it, but they actually, like, transfer the balance as you cross state mm. lines. So it shows up, like, in the accounting of my uh, account that there's a transaction where, like, they took the balance from Michigan and sh- shifted it to Colorado. Right, right. Interesting. Well, that's something we talked about in the early episodes, you know, how is this all going to play out? And I know in Illinois they've got, like, you know, whatever, they've made it so difficult for people to operate to protect the local casinos. I wonder at some point if that kind of dissolves, um, but you know, Rivers kind of tries to have a stranglehold because they, it's like, I think with FanDuel now, you have to sign up in some place near East St. Louis or something, the one casino that they have in person. Um, but yeah, I thought that eventually you get to that point where, you know, like you said, DraftKings or something like that, you can just log on and bet in a different state, assuming it's legal. You know, they've got, maybe it's a licensing issue. It's hard to say. Uh, but it's really interesting that the other ones like MGM or Caesars doesn't have that functionality because right. they seem to be expanding quite a bit, uh, sports books all over the place. And you see the commercials everywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm done with Jamie Foxx. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. So did a little bit of winning, had some golf matchups that came home, and then I promptly cashed out all of my Colorado accounts. So they're all at zero today. No reason to keep a balance there until I go back. Yeah, transfer over, transfer back to Michigan. Let's go back to the homeland. So that's good. I mean, my weekend was, you know, not super eventful. Uh, you know, had you know, been as I'm repping the the Pistons, and it's not the Detroit Pistons. Sorry, action. This is the Fam Pistons. This is the the basketball team I coach, and we were discussing for the pod. I mean, you know, we can't you can't gamble on the kids. Well, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. But uh, we got a good shot at the title this year. We're probably you know, in the in the plus 250 range, I would say, if you were to handicap us for the title, we're probably the favorite. But, you know, we really got a long way to go in playing together. And uh, but that was we, we won a game on Saturday. And then I was at the Four Shadows, as I mentioned last week, had a great kind of like a house party in the bar. You know, it was it was potluck and 
It was a great time. You didn't have to buy your drinks, but <laughs> one distinction. Drinks, yeah, one distinction. You had to spend some money, but that no, was great, man. It was fun. There's probably like 60, 70 people there, and it was everybody. You know, they had actually. I should have told you, you should have been there. They reserved the table as side action, not nice. as wings. Again, the side action table, and our ad was running in the revolving thing, our uh, our logo. So, you know, we're we're getting we're getting huge here, action. I mean, that's why we got so many downloads this past week. Cool. Next time you're in there, you got to take a picture of our ad on the spinning logo. I'd like to see it. I will. I will. Hopefully, we'll keep that up. I may have to grease some palms to keep it going. But uh, <laughs> well, let's jump into the big game. Obviously, the Super Bowl. Hopefully, everybody's already. You know, it's just Wednesday now. We're taping uh, the games. You know, it happened already, but, you know, it's an interesting game action. I mean, obviously, uh, the so the Rams won. They won the game 23-20. Uh, the Bengals did cover the number at plus four, four and a half, whatever you got it at. And the under cashed at 48 and a half. Now, if you watched this game in the first quarter or first half, uh, you might have thought, first of all, you know, what the hell? Why weren't the Rams killing this team? They came out just kind of like Kansas City scored on a couple drives, did kind of blow an extra point. Um but then when uh, Beckham got hurt, it kind of it kind of hurt the Rams quite a bit, and that was one of your props. We'll talk in a minute, but you know the Bengals did what they've done. They just kind of took control, and then they had the big play. I mean, they didn't call the face mask on T. Higgins the first play, of the second half, but they were in in the lead really the entire second half after uh, that play, and it took the Rams a last minute, not last minute, the last quarter drive, which was like 17 plays or something. Mm-hmm to get in the end zone and get the win. Uh, and that money line of like minus 190, 195 came in. Yeah, it was uh, certainly the tale of two halves. And I think you're spot on. As soon as Beckham went down, the Rams just couldn't do anything on offense. Mm-hmm. I, I was very impressed with the Bengals run defense. I think that was a big surprise to me how well they played and bottling up Akers and Henderson and, and Michelle. Nope. I don't think any nope. of them did damage on the ground. And nope. after Beckham went down, Stafford really had a hard time moving the ball through the air until the last drive when he just threw it to Cup every time. Yeah, it was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get you the MVP. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, he came in at the MVP, which is probably good plus money there. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, it was tough. I mean, Donald, had, I'm sorry, Donald, Donald had a great second half. Didn't do much in the first half, but he definitely turned it on late. After that big play, in fact, I mean, we didn't recount every play, but that that exchange at the beginning of the second half, I mean, it was a big play, obviously, to get the big touchdown to Higgins. And by the way, his yards cashed, but his receptions did not. Um, and then the very next play, you know, Stafford throws a, you know, not a great pass. They got tipped for an interception, and they get a field goal right away. So it's 10 points in you know, the first, like, six plays of the second half. But then that defense just stonewalled the Bengals. It was, it was kind of a, I mean, really kind of a boring game for that, you know, 14 minutes, you know, from that point to the end of the game. And I don't know. I, I think that a couple of things that we didn't mention, you know, the Bengals, obviously, Burrow got sacked seven times in the game, a record for a Super Bowl or tying the record. Uh, he did get sacked the most of any player in the postseason ever in the NFL. I think wow. it was 21 or something was the, the final total or something, maybe 19. Um, and then, um, you know, the Rams, I – I mean, I guess they won it, but it wasn't. It didn't feel like the highest level of football I've seen all season. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes yeah. that happens. Yeah, definitely. It was kind of a poorly played game, really all around, and it really wasn't all that exciting. Even though it was right. in the balance, I found myself 
troubling to stay engaged. So it is what it is. Hopefully you catch some money. I think ultimately props side, everything I was about even on the game. So yeah, me too. I shouldn't have done some of these way out props. I didn't listen to action America. If you listen to action, I would have been profitable. You know, just the, I did a couple, like I, you know, I don't know why I even did this. I was trying to, I was kind of thinking through it. I'm like, Oh yeah. Plus 2,500 for Sony Michelle to score two touchdowns. Obviously that was just throwaway money. It was like five bucks. That's pretty much what I lost. The rest of them, I I broke even essentially. Um, Well, let's go through some of the props. Just you know the ones that to to Action's point. If you're listening again, hopefully you listened before. You know the the no usually cashes. (laughs) Most of I was really getting close though on that. I was looking for overtime. I got a plus eight fifty on overtime. And at that point in the game, what I did actually, just so you know. I parlayed the Rams money line and the under nice. uh, in the game to get instead of minus 190 and minus whatever minus 110. It was really plus 190, so that kind of really helped me out. But I was looking at that either way if they would have gone to overtime or not, it probably would have gone over and I would have lost my bet. But I would have won the plus, you know, basically won three times the money on that one probably uh, from that pick alone. Yeah, you were sitting pretty good there at the end with the Bengals driving then. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, why do you run the ball with P. Ryan on third and what? I don't do did, you, did you see the screen grab on the fourth down play when uh, Chase was just wide open on the sideline and Ramsey was on the ground, but yeah. Burrow had no time to get it to him? Can we get Jalen Ramsey to stay on his feet? Uh, he, he got smoked several times in this game. So that, but also, I don't know if you noticed that, well, a couple things that I've listened to the Lombardi line of Easton this week. One, on the play where Cup, I think it was where he got interfered with at the goal line, that was a false start on yeah. that play. Yep. They totally missed it. Two players were a false start because the, the center basically snapped it uh, late, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then but also they were letting Donald line up over the ball like the entire game. On the last play of the game, I think the last two plays, his helmet was in the neutral zone. I mean, <laughs> like they refused to call penalties in the game, which – until that one drive when they called it, you know, and the one was pretty bad, the the third and 10, which was, yeah. they shouldn't have called it. They didn't call anything all game. And then they, you know, but I digress. Uh, some of the other things came in, you know, obviously the Bengals point total under came in. Uh, the team to win by exactly three points was big. That's a plus 450. Did you happen to hit that one or no? No, I remember we talked about it last week, though. I did not bet it. Right. Most of these other ones did not, um, you know, like the first scoring plays, you know, for Cincinnati obviously didn't come in. The uh, first team to 15 points, you know, was not the Rams, which is that was the favorite in that one. I know the guy at the bar had the Rams to win both halves and I graded it that it didn't because the second one they tied. Right. And I, I assume you 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 lose that bet. Right. If that's the case. Yeah. Um, uh, on the passing stuff, I mean, it really was under. I mean, it was we talked about it. it wasn't a lack a huge game. Stafford, you know, was under the 280 and a half. Burrow was under 276 and a half. But what did cash was Mixon, and, and this is now. Did you get this one, or you did the acres? Did you do the yards or the carries? Unfortunately, I had Mixon over carries, 16 and a half, and he ended with 15. And then right. late on, I bet Mixon under rush yards, which was looking good for a while until the last drive. That one carry on the last drive put him over. Yeah, he had he had a decent day. Again, don't know why they didn't run him when they needed short yards, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I was all over Mixon on the passing stuff, and I only got it. He had the receptions. He went over his receptions three and a half. 
but he was way under in the yard. I think he had like five yards or something. And Higgins and Chase, actually Higgins, Chase, they all went over their yardage prop. OBJ, it's a shame. You were on the right side. He, he was doing great, had the touchdown, looked awesome. Mm-hmm. And obviously tore his ACL. And, and on the play, when it happened, you know, it was a non-contact play. I thought for sure it was like a patella. He was like holding his front, you know, like front of his knee. And unfortunately, he's going into free agency right now. So that's rough for him. Yeah, tough. And the other knee now. So he has two bum ACLs, one on each side. <laughs> you know, I know right. how tough that can be to come back from. But he, right. I mean, he, I think he had 58 yards even up to that point in the second quarter. He was going to fly counts. over that total. Yeah, yeah, he would have made it easy. And then the touchdown props, obviously we got, you know, the first touchdown was Beckham. You know, uh, Luke at the bar, you know, my buddy from volleyball was there. He had an interesting prop. Um, he went with a parlay. Beckham first touchdown and T Higgins second touchdown. Wow. Well, guess what? Beckham got it and T Higgins, I mean, the ball, he probably should have caught it at the goal line. It was the guy's hand was in there, but he could have come away with it and he was going to get paid. I think it was like plus 1900 in that or something wow. like that. maybe it's 2200. It was a nice payout. Sorry. Sorry about that. But uh, cups anytime, you know, his, his uh, anytime touchdown cashed at minus 200 and then he got two touchdowns, so I didn't actually look at what that was, but that paid pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the position to score first was the was the uh, wide receiver. So, any other props or stuff that you had come in or or that you were close on? Yeah, I landed on. We didn't talk about them last week. I landed on a couple of Rams centric props, like more first downs in the game, uh, more yards than the Bengals, which was actually pretty close. Real close. Um, Lost a few other player props. I had Cup over receiving yards. That did not come in, despite his two touchdowns. And then also the Cam Akers prop was probably the worst bet of my night. I don't think he came anywhere close to his yardage total. They were getting stuffed all night. I mean, it was that was the one thing I would say, and I, I know McVay is now supposedly pondering being a, an announcer or something, which, you know, easier job. He's got a hot-ass wife. Who cares, right? But... He would refuse. He ran the ball first down. It was like these two guys had the, the the play. It was like run the ball up the middle first down, get nothing, pass short. <laughs> it was like they were playing the same game in those, especially in the. It was so conservative in the second half, which we talked about that in terms of the under. But it was fascinating. I'm like McVay, it's not working. Give it up. Like do a play fake. You know, um, it's just crazy, dude. I. I I'm getting a real-time question right now, which we will address, and that's why I'm sorry I'm slightly distracted. Um, not NFL-related, I take it? No, it's not NFL-related. It is it is college basketball-related. All right. So we'll talk. It's LSU. He wants to know what to do on LSU tonight. Okay. So at least we have some some very like loyal listeners that want information. They just don't understand our taping schedule. Um, <laughs> the last thing with the fun props, uh, obviously the you know. Mickey Guyton shot. She was actually under. It was funny. It was like, I thought she'd go over for sure. 95 seconds, I guess, was the number. Didn't omit any words. The flyover was five. I mean, that's just a – but how about this? Snoop Dogg came in. He came in at plus 375, beat out Dre. And the next episode, another upset there in the first uh, song performed. Yeah, yeah, two juicy prices there, plus 375 for both of them. Exactly. And then the blue Gatorade, plus 600. I mean, forget those other – Gatorades. This was uh, maybe because it was the Rams or something. Maybe it was blue. Maybe that's something. Maybe to correlate next year. Valid. I think if the Bengals won, for sure, you're going to see orange come out of that Gatorade cooler. There you go. Plus 130. So, 
Well, that kind of wraps it up. It's kind of sad, actually. You would go through this whole, like, whatever, four or five months, and, you know, here we are. And obviously, uh, we love the NFL, but it's time to turn the page and a lot of different storylines that will be emerging through the offseason. But, um, you know, you want to put a bow on the season? Just been, a, been an interesting, crazy season, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, looking back to our circuit contest picks, I think you and I both feel really confident in how we performed, especially down the stretch. And we were so close to cashing this year. I think that we're really optimistic coming back next year. And certainly we'll be in Circa Millions 4 and looking to do it bigger and better. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I, I hate to, you know, purport that, that uh, Josh Applebaum is right. But, you know, it was the year of the of the underdogs and the under, man. It was the under-under year. And uh, overall, if you bet, especially in the playoffs, oh, my God, you know, so... It's one of these things. But I think the other thing we learned this year to me is that let's definitely pick the side because I think that that's definitely more important than the spread in the gross. There are obviously certain situations that buck that trend, but we got to, you know, be if we're going to pick an underdog, we got to think they're going to win the game because that's kind of how what happens. more often than not. So. Yeah. And I also learned that not all of the Simpsons predictions are accurate either. The Rams won. They got the <laughs> score right, but it was Rams 23, Bengals 20. Yeah, exactly. Well, oh, they got the t- the score right. I think I think so. Yeah. My God, the Simpsons. All right. Um, okay. Well, let's jump into our next segment, the, the college hoops, which will be most of our segments going forward here. Um, you want to review the action index? It doesn't look that different, but maybe there's been some movement. Yeah, not a lot of change at the top. I mean, uh, these top three teams, I think, are head and shoulders above the rest. Gonzaga, Arizona, and Kentucky, I think, are all going to be there in the end. It's hard to say based on Gonzaga's strength of schedule, but just my eye test tells me that this team might actually be better than last year's version, um, mostly to do with Chet Holmgren. Uh, His versatility, I think, gives them an added dimension that they didn't have last season, despite the loss of the point guard and Suggs. Yeah, I do think Suggs, so at the guard position, I do think Suggs, certainly he was a stud, but having those two big guys, I mean, Timmy is not, doesn't need to be the pure big man. He can be, he can be a creator. He can be, uh, you know, can be on the perimeter if he needs to. And the other guy can do a little bit better rim protecting than Timmy. So they're really good. I do think Arizona's really good. Now your, your Kentucky team, which I do like quite a bit, they got smashed last night. Um, not smashed, but they got beat pretty bad. Shigwe, uh, who I heard on an interview this week, which was exciting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to talk about it, but but I do think you're right. The Zags are going to be tough to beat, uh, especially they're not going to – they're going to enter the tournament unblemished unless there's a miracle. We'll see what happens, you know. I, I am going to be ready to lay a no price again on Gonzaga this year. I'm going to continue betting that as soon as we land in Vegas, Gonzaga <laughs> not to win the tournament because I just don't think they have the medal to do it. Well, it's it's tough, you know. What what takes a team to go over the top? Um, I mean, I think Fuse an incredible coach, but they aren't. I mean, they play a really tough non-conference schedule, but they're not a battle-tested team. We've seen this before, time and time again. I mean, Baylor, Texas Tech didn't win it, but they go through the Big Twelve. Um, you've got teams that just have to run the gauntlet to get through. And I think this year, we may talk about it in a minute, like the SEC seems to be that kind of gauntlet this year. We'll see if one of those teams emerges. But 
Well, let's talk about last week's results. I will say, action, we're not starting off uh, guns a-blazing with these games. And admittedly, I'm picking marquee games, not necessarily edge games. Like, I know action is better than this, but I know people are listening to our advice. We went 3-5 and five this week. Uh, we did hit with Michigan. Your, your angle was spot on with Purdue having a letdown spot at Michigan. Michigan's on the on the outside looking in, by the way, for yeah. the tournament. Shocking. Uh, you know, the Zags, we talk about that. They, they beat the St. Mary's. They, they own the West, you know, the West Coast Conference. And Nova hit last night, but some of the losers, um, I'm not going to go against you again, Rams. I'm sorry. They got the big win at Boise outright. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talked about Kentucky just now. Um, UCLA, you know, that was a great game, actually, the UCLA-USC game. And Mobley actually is hurt, but they looked really good at home. And then, boy, Baylor came back with a vengeance against Texas. Uh, so, we, you know, eh, we'll get better. Yeah, it was definitely a tough week uh, all around, some surprising results. But, you know, i just kind of trying to stick to what I know, mostly focused on the Big Ten. I don't really try to mess with the Pac-12 too much. And, uh, yeah, well, We'll turn it on here as we get into March. For those of you that are regular listeners, Action is a he he's a hater on Pac-12 <laughs> basketball, except when it came to his guy Johnny Juzang and the uh, player pool, which he took him to victory. Uh, but last year, I was trying to pump up the Pac-12. He wouldn't listen, and look at how good they did last year. But we'll see. Uh, it's not quite the same conference as last year, admittedly, Action. But I'm uh, can I I can pedal some SEC on you though, right? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about some games this week. I struggled a little bit because there weren't a lot of games that were like, you know, pitting top teams against each other. But I wanted to highlight a few. We've got a game tomorrow night in the West Coast Conference of basically the second and third place team. Uh, That's the the Dons, San Francisco, University of San Francisco. You know, who's the greatest player to play for San Francisco? This is just a little trivia question for you, Action. Mm, I don't think I can pull it out. That's okay. Bill Russell. Bill oh, Russell. Wow. He's uh he was an alum, probably the only one of, of note that we would know. Uh, but at St. Mary's, and this is on Thursday again at nine o'clock central. Uh, you're showing per Ken Palmer, is this a real line that San Francisco's a five point dog on the road at St. Mary's? You know, it's probably out as of six PM here on a Wednesday, but I didn't look. This was a Ken Palm projection. Yeah, I'm sure it's pretty close to that. You know, I I like the Dons. I got haven't gotten to see them play. I did get to see that uh the Zags against St. Mary's game a little bit on Saturday. And they hung in there in the first half. They were trying to play slow play the Zags. You know, Zags want to play fast. I think the Dons are a really good basketball team. So I'm excited to watch this game. But um, I'm going to take the points. Come on, give me, give me some points in the Dons on the road. Yeah, I mean, uh, five points in a game with St. Mary. I mean, I know San Francisco plays slow. So right. uh, I think that St. Mary's would probably be happy to stick at that pace too. And I think that uh, five points might be a little bit too much, especially. Yeah. I mean, the only hard part is it's a big bounce back for St. Mary's after getting smoked by Gonzaga over the weekend. It certainly feels like a spot where they're going to try to get right, but I suspect it's going to be a close game as well. Right, right. Okay. I couldn't find Friday night action for you, buddy. I was trying. I really was trying. I admittedly was looking. I don't. I know you're not that interested in the Ivy League. Uh, you know, Sophia School at Penn Quakers are, are right there, chasing the <laughs> But um, let's go to Saturday. So Saturday the 19th, I saw a nice slate. I've got you know four games. You've got a fifth game. We've got Illinois is going to Michigan State. I'm glad we could bring this up. What the hell is going on with Sparty? This team stinks. They they lost last night at Penn State. 
Uh, you're showing them Ken per Ken Palm being a one-point favorite at home. I'd be a little surprised if I saw that number with a total of 141 in this game. This is 11 a.m. Central. You know, I back Illinois here not knowing. I mean, again, Michigan State can't score. I don't know what the problem is. Um, they do have a lot of talent, but, I mean, Illinois, we know what they bring, not just Kofi Coburn, but those guards. Would you back the Sparty in the spot or just keep riding again? No, I, I don't think this is a good matchup for them at all. And I'll answer you candidly. Their problem is turnovers. They are almost in the 290th ranked in Division One and turning the ball over. 20% of their possessions result in turnovers. And uh, that is obviously the reason that their offense stinks so bad, despite still being ranked 29th and adjusted offense. It's just tough to right. score a lot when you're turning the ball over on that clip. And uh Illinois admittedly is not a team that turns over their opponents a lot. They're equally uh, low in that category, but I think that Kofi Coburn is going to be a mismatch for them on the inside. Bingham, the starting center for Michigan State, is not going to be able to handle him. So I like the road underdog here in Illinois. All right. All right. Two road dogs so far. So let's go to this one. This is a rematch of a game a couple weeks ago that happened. Texas Tech is going to Texas this time. Uh, as we kind of talked on the pod a couple weeks ago, Texas Tech hosted Texas and, and just kind of took them apart with Chris Beard coming home. This is a rematch. Uh, you're showing Ken Palm's number would be Texas Tech would be a two-point dog on the road. It's a tough matchup. I don't really know where to go with this one. I'd probably go with the home team this time, just being a bounce back. You know, they had a big game last night. Texas did who beat Oklahoma in overtime, a great game. And all these games in the Big 12 have been tight. As good as Texas Tech has been on defense, so is Texas. But that total 120, ooh, that's low. But um, I suppose, you know, it's because these are two of the best team, defensive teams in the country. Yeah. I mean, I make the total 128 based on my projections. So I would definitely be looking to the over if it really comes out at this level. But as for the side, I'm with you. I think that uh, this screams a bounce back spot. Pretty serious revenge for Chris Beard and his Texas Longhorns team. And, uh, uh, I think that they're probably going to be the side here at minus two. Okay, there you go. Let's do it. Another one right there that we agree on. So let's see. This one is Alabama against Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky, you know, I thought they were the class of the conference uh, until last night when Tennessee just, they bounced back and beat them really bad. So the total is 157. You're showing Kentucky is an 11-point favorite at home. Look, I do think Kentucky's more physical than Alabama. That's pretty apparent, but they do struggle to score sometimes as they did last night. Now, granted, Tennessee's defense is excellent as well. Bama's not as good a defensive team, but do you think this number is just a little too big for this Kentucky squad? It looks to be about perfect. I think that 11 or 12 really looks like it should be the number. And mm. um, have they played once this season? I don't recall if they've met. No, it doesn't look like it. Oh, no, I take that back. Uh, Kentucky did beat them by 11 on the mm -hmm. road previously in Tuscaloosa. So I think, you know, it could be a mismatch. I'm re looking here at Alabama's rebounding numbers and not very good at defending their glass. So no. that's really the place I always look when I try to handicap Kentucky Wildcats game because they're so good offensive rebounding. And yeah. I suspect that 11 might be about right. And I'd fate, or I looked for the Kentucky side. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll go with you on this one for the pot. I mean, it's just tough with 11. It's a big number. But, you know, Shigwe is the guy. I actually listened to this interview, like I mentioned, 
with Andy Katz, and he, he talks about it. What I like about the way he talks about it as a coach, especially like this, he's actually looking – you know, he's thinking about the percentages. If the ball's shooting from the corner, it's, you know, 70% on the you know, weak side and it's 50%, you know, if it's in the middle. And so he actually is trying to go to the spot, not just watching the ball and jumping. So I do like him a lot in that, but he got in foul trouble last night. You know, Bama's all about shooting a three uh, with NATO's team. So. I think the total is quite interesting in this game. Mm-hmm. Ken Palm showing 157, and the first game, the final score was 55-66, so yeah. way under, and the total in that one was 156.5, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm projecting again like 148 in this game, so like nine-point difference based on what Ken Palm has. Looks like That's there good. could be some value on under. Yeah, sounds like an under to me. 157 is a big number for any any game, really. Um. Okay, well, let's go to the next SEC matchup. We're just digging to the SEC here. So Tennessee, as we mentioned, uh, they're they're actually showing as a road favorite for Ken Palm at Arkansas. This is three o'clock Central on Saturday. I like the Razorbacks. I, you know, I I don't know how long we've been doing this, but this is our fourth season. Musselman's such a great coach. I think he's one of those guys. Plus, he got a hot wife. I don't know if I mentioned this. She's one of my, <laughs> one of my you know, top five uh, celebrity wives. She's she's smoking. But anyway. Uh, he coaches so well. They started off pretty slow, and they had a really good run last year in the in the in the tournament. Returned a lot of players. I was surprised they were so down in the in the metrics. They must have had some injuries because now they're on the rise. I like this team quite a bit. As good as Tennessee is on defense, I think Arkansas is pretty good too. Um, I would definitely, I, if they're the dog getting two points at home, I'd probably take that. Yeah, I think my numbers show this right about there. Two, maybe one really mm-hmm. should be the number. So pretty close to what Ken Palm has. But Arkansas has been on a heater lately, nine and one in their last yep. ten games against the number and mm-hmm. nine and six at home. So I think that especially when you on the flip side see Tennessee that just came off the big home win against Kentucky, gotta suspect that this could be a letdown spot on the road. Yeah, I agree, I agree. What I mean we don't have the total imputed, but both these teams are pretty good defensively. I'd imagine probably a low number in the 130s or something, huh? Yeah, I make it 139. Um, sure. Let me see what Ken Palm has in this one. Oh, I had it. Ken Palm showing 140, so pretty dang close on, on both of those. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's go to the game you highlighted. This is Mighty Northwestern uh, go, going to Minnesota. Uh, you know, Northwestern, you're showing Ken Palm as a, uh, they're a one-point favorite on the road at Minnesota with a total of 137. Before you go into your handicap, the, the Wildcats are like the, the hard luck squad, man. This team cannot – I mean, they're actually very competitive in almost all their games, but they just can't seem to get over the hump. They've, they've won a couple of games, but, I mean, they, they were getting blown out by Illinois, came all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> but they lose. Um, they lost games in overtime. So what, are, what is your angle in this game? Well, this is something I picked up on last week when mm-hmm. I realized that Michigan and Purdue got rescheduled from a January COVID postponement. And the Big Ten kind of did them a, a disfavor by squeezing it into an already jam-packed week on Thursday night. And then both teams turned around to play. Michigan played on Saturday at home against Ohio State. And then mm-hmm. Purdue had to play on Sunday, which ultimately for both of them was their fourth game in a week, more or right. less. And predictably, both of them came out extremely flat. Michigan lost mm-hmm. at home to Ohio State, and Purdue should have gotten beat by Maryland on Sunday. They should have, yeah. 
And so uh, I, this is a pretty serious uh, bad spot for Minnesota. They similarly have a rescheduled game Thursday night against Penn State, and then they're turning around to play at home on Saturday, which is going to be their fourth game in under a week. And on the other side, uh, Northwestern has a pretty serious rest advantage because they've only played two games yet this week. And right. so I think that uh, Northwestern is going to smash Minnesota on Sunday, just given the rest. I also show that they're the better team anyway, um, despite the point spread. They are. They are. So, okay, we agree on that. I mean, I think that it's kind of a shame for you know Chris Collins' team. I mean, if they were in a different conference, I think they'd be a lot better, which they'll never be the Big Ten, which is fine. But <laughs> if they were in you know, some other conference, they'd have really good, uh, really good results. All right, well, the last game I highlighted, I didn't have anything for Sunday or Monday, actually. I was looking. Trust me, I was looking. Um, so Tuesday, you know, on the 22nd, I've got Nova and UConn. You know, we talked about these teams already, and there was a big game last night. I know, finally, Providence got beat. This team is like a paper tiger, as, as our yeah. my co-host says. They finally lost at home, and they finally lost, you know, a Big East player or whatever for the first time in a while. But Nova took him out, thankfully. Gillespie is healthy, so he got hurt a couple weeks ago. It's fine. So Nova's going to UConn. This is 7 o'clock Central on the 22nd. These teams are really good. Uh, I think that both teams are quality quality teams for the tournament. Nova, if they play the way that they did against Providence, they're going to win you know, outright. But I'd imagine it's going to be a close spread to UConn or something like that. I know you're up there, but um, any thoughts on this game? Ken Palm showing Villanova by one and a mm-hmm. total of 133. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's spot on, really. I, I show the exact same numbers on both sides. You do have to figure that this is going to be Connecticut's one game that they're going to get up for here and try to knock off the big dogs in the league. Yeah. Uh, but the way that Gillespie has been playing, I don't really want to go against Villanova. So I have a lean to Villanova personally. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Me too. I, we'll see. When the spread comes out, I guess we'll see it. But uh, if it starts sliding in Villanova, I'd probably go UConn. It's going to be a close game. should be a good game to watch. That's for sure. So that's not a great lean to put on there. I'm not sure what to put. I guess we could put Nova. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's uh, go back to our NHL trend just to kind of close this out. And I believe there's another game. Is it tonight? Yeah, I mean, it's probably maybe a little late to, to bet this. But so the Night Ranger, you know, he, he emailed me. I didn't copy you. He emailed me to make sure I knew about this trend. So he's he's an avid listener. Thank you, Night Ranger. We'll see you in Vegas. So overall, the trend has gone five and four uh, over this period, but it's plus 370 uh, for the money line winners because most of the winners that have come in have been underdogs. Even if you lost on those other ones, you know, the dogs came in. We had Columbus come in against Buffalo. Uh, the, the Devils come in against St. Louis, Seattle at Anaheim. Last night it was kind of a bad beat because Boston was – they were on top early. They're up one nothing, and then they got pushed overtime and lost in a shootout against the Rangers. So it was a real tight one on that one. Tonight you've got Carolina uh, going to uh, – or playing against Florida, and this is a good spot because <laughs> Florida has 14 days off, so this may actually put the trend up even better. But I wanted to shout out to our Night Ranger who gave us this trend and hopefully followed it and made some money. Yeah, Carolina looks like uh, minus 105 on both sides tonight. So could be uh, some good value there. And they're playing at home against Florida. 
Exactly. Exactly. So nice work. We'll, we'll, we'll look for more trends from night range as the playoffs go on or something. Maybe that's his only trend of the year, but Hey, when you can make a little money, it's always a good idea. So let's talk about our last sport. We got, uh, you know, we've, we've got the PGA. I mean, I was watching some of the, the action. I know you were talking about it and the, the calamity, the guy who made the hole in one and people are throwing <laughs> beers and hats and bras or whatever they're throwing on the green. It was crazy. Yeah, wasted management open indeed. And then on Sunday it happened again. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Pretty wild TV. And then I think it was uh, Harry Higgs and Joel Damon on Sunday who decided to take their shirts off and swing it around. Did you see that highlight too? So it was funny because some of the people I follow on Instagram are you know a lot of uh, beach volleyball players. They were certainly there. Like oh, the, nice. the Lorax was there their um case beer and uh you know so it was funny because i was seeing it from their perspective they were in the stands and and oh, they had showed, seats yeah they had seats so it was pretty cool because we had talked about it i saw the highlights and then i'm seeing like the instagram post i'm like oh this is fucking great so anyway so it looks like you you had a couple good you obviously fading speed worked out for you yeah yeah it sure did uh jordan didn't play very well last weekend couldn't really find his putting stroke, and I think he ended at minus one. And on the other side, we had Matsuyama against him, who was in the top ten, and Scotty Scheffler ended up winning the tournament. So we didn't hit a one and done this week, unfortunately. We'll have to get back at it, but uh, the matchups certainly went well for me last week, who kept me afloat. Gotcha. Good job. Um, and you can't hit plus, you know, whatever you had, plus 9,000 or whatever you had last time every week. That's right. <laughs> Maybe so what do you got this week? You've got the Genesis International at Riviera Country Club in Los, in Los Angeles. Yeah, the Genesis uh, is probably like the gem of the West Coast swing. I think it's uh, well known as probably one of the toughest tournaments that outside of the four majors every year in terms of the golf course and the scoring is usually very suppressed because it's a really tough golf course. And uh, this is probably arguably the best field that we'll see all year as well outside of the four majors because there's 35 of the top 50 uh, right. top official world golf rankings playing and all 10 of the top 10. So it should make for some pretty compelling golf this weekend, despite the lack of beer cans and debauchery <laughs> that takes place in Phoenix. It'll be a civil crowd. like you know, right. A typical golf crowd. Yeah. yeah. Shirt taken off crowd. Gotcha. That's so, cool. I mean, the it, the course is really tough because it has extremely narrow fairways and it makes okay. for some really tough angle shots, both left and right, which causes players who need to really shape the ball to get into these greens. And it really makes a priority on strokes gained approach from the fairways, as well as scrambling around the greens as, and putting because it's another mm -hmm. uh, West Coast golf greens with the poa grass. Gotcha. So um, another course where a strong course history plays a big factor, and I kind of used all those things to spin into my data golf, data golf model and mm -hmm. came out with a couple of outright picks. I'm taking the Aussie Cam Smith at 22-1. to 1. Last year he finished fourth in this tournament, and in 2018 he was top six. So I think he could break through. And then another long shot this week, Maverick McNeely is 100-1. to 1. And he is really shows his prowess on these poet greens with his putting ability. So that was my angle there. I mean, Maverick, what a great name. Mm -hmm. uh, Indeed. You know, and also a movie coming out soon with Tom Cruise. Uh, so, <laughs> so he's he's good on that. He's a top ten poa putter. 
That's right. Got to put that on the business card. <laughs> I don't think it's one of many golf tournaments yet, but you never know. A hundred to one. We'll see. I like it. So the, but you also like matchups. I mean, Cantlay is one of the guys, you know, was in the mix, obviously on Sunday, uh, plus one Oh five over John Rahm. I was on DraftKings. You like him in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. Cantlay has really been hot lately and I'm sure you saw on Sunday, he was tearing it up on the putting green and I think it's going to carry over this week and he'll get over John Rahm. Right. And you got Harold Varner, the third minus 125 over Had Hadwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on the line. And then Scheffler again, who obviously has gotten a lot of notoriety over Shoffley. I like that matchup. Scheffler over Shoffley plus 108. Yeah. Uh, Xander, I like X, but he's probably better in the bigger events, right? Uh, Scheffler, we'll see how he carries over to other events like the Masters and stuff. Yeah, really expect his momentum to carry over a little bit this week. And despite Shoffley being from California, his putting ability really waned on Sunday and uh, Scheffler was awesome on the greens. So I think he'll carry that into this week. Nice. Give me an idea besides the big hit um, in general with these matchups. I mean, you're up on units, right? You've been winning these pretty readily. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, the tournament matchups, I am usually coming out on top like 55, 60% each week. And of course that varies given the juice. And then I'm also playing round by round matchups to round one, round two, three, and four, usually looking for underdogs most cases, because I really believe that it's tough for someone to be a minus 180 or 200 favorite in one round of golf. There is so Mm -hmm. much variance that I think that you find a value in the big underdogs in those cases a lot. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds good. And then your main out, it looks like you're all over the place, but you're doing it all different places. You're not just picking draft games. You're going all over the place. Yeah. Usually much like other sports, bet online is first to post these matchups. So I gravitate there early in the week, but DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, they usually all post some good matchups by Tuesday or Wednesday as well. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, that wraps up content. Let's just talk a little Vegas trip. Um, you know, four weeks from today, right? We'll be out in Vegas. Like about now, we have to. It's going to come quick. Action. It's going to be bam. We're going to be out there by the pool anytime. You know, before you know it. Uh, I believe we have seven people confirmed. We haven't heard back from Eric from my email, but we know we've got the four, the classic four. We'll call the uh, original four, so to speak, with uh, Night Ranger Prime, yourself, and me. So. Pretty excited about it. Um, We'll have to talk about railing up on that Wednesday. But if anybody's around, stop by. We're going to be at Circus Wim on Thursday, the 17th. We do have a day bed set up at this time. So pretty excited. Um, The game started at 9 a.m. that day. We can get in at 8, and we'll be there till 4. So, I mean, I'm really excited for that day. I'm hoping for good weather, and we'll soak in some rays and some great, great games. Yeah, I can't wait booked flights this week and it's becoming a reality it's hard to believe that it's going to be here in four weeks i got a lot of stuff to do before then (laughs) (laughs) you and both well it's funny because it just kind of happens like we're you know for those of us i'm probably the only people listening are in the midwest but anyway i mean we're whatever upper midwest it's it's crummy man i mean january sucks i mean football gets us through it's actually decent today but uh, it's supposed to snow tonight i mean you know come on, we got to look forward to this stuff. I mean, I'm seeing my friends that were in Florida playing volleyball and all that stuff. So I, I was there a couple of weeks ago, but you have to have something to look forward to. And then by the time the trip comes around, the weather is turning around here, but it's definitely not going to be 78 degrees like it will be in Vegas. Yeah. And uh, watching college basketball on those screens is unlike anything else. Exactly. And, you know, the servers aren't bad either. You know, as you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, follow us on Site Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at uh, Wexpo on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right. Get some picks in for college basketball and, and golf this week if you can. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER intro and outro and transition music credits song titles jerry five and district four by kevin mcleod at incompetech.org license under creative commons attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0